There we go. Now you can hear me. <laughs> All right. And wow, I, I had a really great intro going on. It was a perfectly good thing going on and I messed it all up. All right, here we go. We'll start again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, as always, David Burroughs. And thanks for coming by and joining me here today. I was just saying um, how, yes, these are frustrating times. And even though they're frustrating times, I still say happy Monday, everybody. And somebody said to me earlier, you know, what's happy about it? Well, you can have the, the positive mindset or the negative mindset. Uh, which one do you choose? Uh, I get it, right? It's frustrating times for everybody um, around the world. We're all being impacted by this, and we have to find ways to stay positive. And we're so used to the technology and it's such a fast-paced moving world that um, we're not used to being told to slow down, right? And we're having to do that. Now, that being said, the technology can be our friend as well. Um, I'll be posting a link after the show uh, to talk about some things that you can do online. A friend of mine from Lampton College um, sent me a, a long list of at least 100 things you can do online from um, you know, uh, the, the, the Smithsonian online, the museums online, take a virtual tour, take a trip to France. There was one that I saw where you, 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 I forget what it's called, you put it up on your phone, you hit the button and it randomly takes you to somewhere on the planet and you can start looking around. How about a tour of Mars, right? Um, so there's lots to do. You just have to take the initiative to maybe gather around the big screen TV in the living room and as a family do things together. Um, everybody's got a different situation going on and try to remember that if you think you're having a bad day, ask somebody how theirs is going. There's probably something worse going on in somebody else's life. And it's a time to not be selfish, but to collaborate and support each other. And uh, when I talk about the technology, um, and thanks everybody for the, uh, the, the letting me know about the, uh, the audio. I apologize for that. Speaking of the technology, uh, one of the places I want to show you this here, a lot of you probably know about the quarantine sessions um, that have been happening um, around town here. Let's just see if I can uh, bring that up here for you and show it to you. There it is. Uh, this is absolutely amazing. And um, I was talking to uh, Kevin Mitchell, uh, who's one of the founding members of, of putting this together, which was fantastic. And we're seeing so many musicians, not just locally, but around the world, discovering this group and performing in this group, which is fantastic. Interestingly enough, uh, for me, I mean, I love the music, right? Who doesn't love good music? But the other thing that I found really interesting about this is I'm seeing people perform in this group. I didn't even know they could play an instrument. I had no idea that they were playing the piano or the guitar or, or the kazoo or whatever it is to the point even got me in there singing a karaoke song because that's the thing I used to do, right? So um, it's great to see this uh, coming together uh, and people trying to help each other out with their positive music. That being said, this past Friday night, we had the Friday Night Music Fever, the first ever um, and it was a great success. Uh, I want to say thank you to our friends at Blackburn Radio and K106.3 for uh, supporting us and allowing this to happen. So what we did was we went online on my Facebook page and several others and the K106.3 Facebook page, and we had four live performers join us for about a two-hour live musical session. It was fantastic. We had lots of over 
so far over 2,500 views uh, on that performance. So it's fantastic. So fantastic that we're going to do it again. K106.3 has agreed to keep supporting it. They've been putting commercials out on the radio to tell you all about the Friday Night Music Fever coming up this Friday night, April the 3rd, <clears throat> pardon me, at 8 p.m. Um, I don't have the full list of performers just yet, but I can tell you it's going to be another exciting uh, evening of solo acoustic performers and maybe a special guest in there too. There's me teasing. So check that out. Mark it on your calendar. Uh, do what you got to do to tune in on the Show with David Burroughs page or the K106.3 uh, Facebook page. Friday Night Music Fever. We're going to have a great live performance. And, and get this. And I know she's out there. I, I think she's still out there uh, somewhere. Um, I have a special co-host going to join me. Yes. And she is excited. Yes, she is very excited. Who is it? Julie Coulomb. Yes, Julie. Jules or Jules and Company, who was one of the performers last Friday night. And she brings so much energy to everything she does. And uh, it was suggested that maybe she'd be my co-host, and I'm happy to welcome her. She'll be joining me as well. We're going to have some fun in advance of the performances. And who knows? If it goes really, really well, we'll just uh, keep doing it every Friday night. And if uh, once our four performers are done, there's people around and you want more and they want to perform more, um, then we'll just keep going, right? So I want to say hello to um, – uh, yeah, so – Judy's out there, the, the group of the quarantine session. She's enjoying that. Uh, Tim Curtis said uh, it was great, referring to the Friday Night Music Fever. Uh, do I have the link for Friday Night Music Fever? You just follow along on my Facebook page, the show with David Burroughs, or you can follow along on uh, the K106.3 Facebook page. Just go into Facebook and find them there, and that's where it will be. Uh, who else is out there? Oh, Jeff Hayden. Yeah, he's giving a shout out to Kevin Churchill, who started the uh, the quarantine sessions. And Melissa, uh, Kazoo Life. And Melissa is one of the members of Beer Store Money. I should give a, a shout out to the performers. We had I Shot the Messenger, who is Ian Linton, all the way from uh, Ottawa, originally from this area. And he was doing a rap rock thing. And um, he did a fantastic job to, uh, well, he started trying to get things off. We had to switch things up a bit, but he did perform for us and had a lot of fun from his little tiny dorm room in Ottawa. Uh, Jules from Jules and Company, she gave us a fantastic uh, acoustic performance. And then we had my friend Dan Butts in there who was also performing. And then Beer Store Money finished things off. And uh, they're famous for their kazoo. So that's what... Uh, she was talking about kazoo life out there, Melissa Miller. So thank you very much to all the performers that were there. And, of course, uh, we're looking forward to seeing, once again, coming up Friday night, Music Fever, April the 3rd at 8 o'clock. <clears throat> all right. Uh, to be serious for a moment to give you uh, an update, I, I did an interview with uh, our mayor, Mayor Mike Bradley, uh, on Saturday. I was very thankful to him for his time and give us an update. And he was very straightforward with a lot of things that were happening. I won't go into all the details, but uh, if you want to watch that, it's also on the Facebook page. I also was uh, interviewing uh, Dr. Haddad, who is the chief of staff for Blue Water Health, uh, with some, some updates. And uh, Chief Norm Hansen from the Sarnia Police Department. And we'll be having them back likely again to uh, have some more updates. I, I've reached out to some other officials as well. Hopefully we'll be able to bring that to you. So keep watching daily for that. This morning I was on a, uh, a conference call, a media conference call, and uh, you might've heard this already, but I wanted to give you the COVID-19 update. Because remember, you got to get this stuff officially from 
what I say, the horse's mouth, right? There's so much going on out there. And I have the cure for COVID-19, just so you know. Yeah, it's been sent to my inbox like 20, 30 times. Um, <laughs> get your information from the right places. Government websites and the official websites, in my opinion, are the best place to get the accurate information. As of this morning, uh, I was told uh, on the media conference, currently in Sarnia area, there are 28 cases of COVID-19 and now four fatalities or deaths have occurred uh, in the Sarnia-Lampton uh, area. So there's the seriousness of all of this. And I say it like that because I know there's still people that are not practicing what the government is suggesting. And and here's my prediction, honestly, folks, and, and you're probably not going to want to hear this. Here's my opinion. We're six months away, in my opinion. I, I don't want to be the guy to, to think that way, but in, in honesty, I really think we're six months away from getting back out in a regular routine or what we were used to as normal. That's a long time. So here's the thing. If it's three months, we better figure this stuff out and how we're going to uh, uh, get along with each other and how we're going to cohabitate and adjust and do what we need to do because if we don't, it's going to get worse. And I truly think that, unfortunately, it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's not a negative way of thinking. That's just from I get emails every day from officials. I'm on the calls, and it just it's just the feeling and a hearing that I'm getting. You know, they're being careful about what they put out there because they don't want to create any confusion about what's going on. Um, Mayor Mike Bradley, when I talked to him uh, on, on his interview, he, he, he even kind of suggested he thought that uh, the Canadian government should have the country shut down right now. So uh, there you go. Uh, I, what do you want to say, right? So uh, again, currently 28 cases confirmed and four fatalities currently happening uh, in Sarnia, and uh, that number is likely to increase with the spike that we saw yesterday of how many, I think, uh, don't quote me, there's like 64 now in Canada. So, and it was quite a spike uh, from a couple of days ago. If you want the information, you want to find out more, there is a COVID-19 hotline here in Sarnia. The number on the screen, one 877 sarnia or you can call 519-332-0932. I will be posting updates daily as there is a media conference uh, every day at 11 o'clock so um pick your news source but i'm taking it right from what they send me and posting it and that's uh that's what we get out there all right well moving on uh, to our first guest of course with all of this happening uh the government of course is putting out some support for for all of us in, in many different ways whatever situation they recognize that putting out billions of dollars what about the nonprofit and charitable organizations that were planning fundraising events and need that money to survive will they survive well we're going to talk to our friend dave brown who is from the united way of sarnia lampton dave how are you today I'm good, thanks, David. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for the heads up about my mic. I get gabbing and I don't pay attention to my chat. <laughs> I had everybody yelling at me. I um, assumed it was at my end, so uh, I'm, I'm delighted it was on yours. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, before we get into all this, you sort of heard my lead into all of this, but um, my first question is, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm physically very well, very good. Uh, I'm in constant communication with the staff at the United Way who are all working from home, all linking in both with their PCs and with their cell phones. Uh, everybody on, in the immediate United Way family is doing well, and I certainly hope uh, all of your viewers are as well. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, it's an interesting time where we, uh, I don't know about you, I've probably reached out to some people that I haven't talked to in a while and thought, well, maybe I should just uh, send them a text or say hello and, and, and see how we're doing. Um, you're, you're working from home yourself, right? Correct. Yeah. How are you adjusting to that? Um, it's not bad. Um, in many ways, it's uh, the work is spread out over a longer period of time. It's right. not just 8.30 to 4.30. Uh, it's like 7.30-ish till whenever. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay. The neat thing is my home office provides free coffee, so that's kind of cool. Oh, that's good. All right. I have that here too, but I do it one cup at a time, so I don't drink too much of it. <laughs> well, uh, you had some interesting news. Uh, we, we talked quite a bit yesterday uh, to kind of set up for what we were going to share today. Um, you actually got some surprising news from the government. Oh, we did. Um, I guess it was on Sunday. Uh, I was watching the prime minister's address at 11 a.m. or so, like everybody else. And we were delighted to hear that $9 million from the New Horizons Fund for, for vulnerable seniors uh, will be invested with the United Way of Canada, which will wow. filter down to all the United Ways in the country um, to help vulnerable seniors specifically with, uh, with how they're dealing with the COVID-19. Uh, we're delighted that the federal government has the confidence uh, in us and in our volunteers and in the community agencies um, to look after that kind of investment and to put it where it's going to be most needed. Well, that is fantastic news. That's a lot of money. And so when the word money comes out, I'm assuming that your phone lit up pretty quickly. Uh, how do I give me money? <laughs> You're right. I got a ton of phone calls and uh, emails. The truth of the matter is we're we're light on details right now. Uh, as yeah. I indicated, most of us were surprised and, and heard about it at the same time everybody else in Canada uh, was watching that. We're hopeful we're going to get more information very soon and the money's going to flow through very soon. But in the meantime, David, uh, the United Way of Sonia Lampton, I, I think, is a bit of a, a bit of a head of the curve. Um, on Wednesday or Thursday, we announced the new uh, Compassion Fund. Uh, which we set up for the United for the community of Sarnia Lambton. Uh, we initially put in eighteen thousand dollars for that fund, and that was for any charitable organization in Sarnia Lambton. They don't have to be already funded agencies. Any organizations that can legally issue tax receipts or donations are eligible to reply uh, to apply, and it's set up to help them cope with the increased need for services for basic services, food, clothing, shelter, uh, mental health, and safety. And uh, already, uh, we've been getting many, many uh, donations from the community. In fact, I'm really impressed. Today alone, we had 13 uh, donations to that fund to add on to the 18,000 we already had in it. Uh, on uh, Saturday and Sunday, we had another 14 donors. So it, it, it's starting to pile up. We've also had some local industry that have shown some interest and have asked us details on, on how that funding will be used. The bottom line is it's flexible, one-time funding to help those agencies cope with the increased demand. And already, we've already approved three agencies, one of which is the Family Counseling Center, uh, who operates the Distress Line Telcheck. Oh, yeah, right. Almost fully funded already by the United Way, but they are being inundated uh, by calls from seniors and and others who are quarantined or self-isolated 
asking a number of questions. Some of these folks are very anxious. Some of them yeah. are dealing with mental illness. So you can imagine the highly specialized some of these calls are. So the Family Counseling Center had requested $5,000 to hire uh, staff uh, who can take on those additional calls. So uh, the board had uh, unanimously approved that. The Boys and Girls Club in uh, Sarnia's downtown core, although they're not open uh, in terms of their after-school drop-in center now, like they usually are, they staff and volunteers are working behind the scenes, making sure that the families uh, of the children that they support, uh, many of whom are living paycheck to paycheck, uh, and may not be getting um, uh, a salary right now or, or right. a paycheck right now, uh, they're making sure that those folks have the necessary food items, hygiene products, and keep in mind, those children may be quite dependent on nutritional programs uh, in schools, which are not happening right now. So they yeah, can yeah. Pay that five thousand dollars funding there as well. And then the third one we're really we're really proud about is our our partnership with the Salvation Army. Uh, they've oh. had to uh, to go out and purchase additional food items and hygiene items, and they're dealing with fifteen to twenty five families a day, uh, more than what they're used to handling. So uh, we're very pleased to be able to funnel them that cash uh, probably as soon as tomorrow, uh, $5,000 so they can buy some necessary supplies there and, uh, and try to meet with the, uh, the current needs. If I could just point out, and I know I've monopolized no, that. As part no, of no, it. you're making my job easy today, Dave. <laughs> any, any charitable organization in Sony Lampton can apply, whether you're a church group or municipal group yeah. or uh, whether you're funded by United Way or not. Uh, if you're meeting a need in the community um, with those basic core services and you're able to prepare a tax uh, receipt, you're eligible to apply. And any interested volunteer, any interested uh, charities can go to our website. Uh, it's right behind me, uh, www.theunitedway.on.ca. And right on the homepage is a link to a nine-question form. It's very simple to fill out. But we want to know exactly where the money is going to go and how the money is going to be used. And then our board will do approval within 48 to 36 hours uh, on that. So if you just scroll down a little bit further on the website that you see there, uh, you will see the form. I think it right there uh, with charities. And uh, like I said, we, we're happy to review those requests as we get them in. And just above that, there's even a link for people who want to support the United Way with donations to this particular fund. 100% of people's donations through that fund will be used to help agencies. There's no administration, there's no fundraising costs, nothing. So you can give online by credit card, uh, or you can call the office and, uh, and do credit card facilitation over the phone, or I will even make arrangements to pick up a check or cash if that's most convenient for the donors. We are delighted uh, to see this, the community step up and uh, support that fund and the wide variety of agencies that are looking at applying for funding. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's, this is really great news for many different reasons, right? Because uh, it's it's funny how much we rely on money. I mean, we always kind of always do, uh, you know, yourself, the organization of the United Way, always raising money, all kinds of organizations locally raising money. But now, like, we're in a situation where there's no book on this. Like this hasn't happened since something like this of, of like world war two magnitude, right? Like this is right. a, a world that, well, that word pandemic, which some people don't seem to know what it means, but um, <laughs> this, 
this is all a new learning process, I, I'm, I would think, for especially your organization as well. Like, well, how do we decide on $9 million or how do we decide on $5,000? Like, the, 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 where does the balance come from? I mean, you and I have, have been around this community for a long, long time. And, and thankfully, you know, we're blessed to live in, in, in this kind of community. Uh, and I've been uh, been working at the United Way for 34 years, and I have never come across anything like this before. You know, some communities have had floods, and some United Ways have had to step up locally. Uh, some United Ways have had other, you know, fires and disasters where they've stepped up. But again, I think the strength of the United Way movement throughout the world is you're governed by a local volunteer board of directors who make those kinds of decisions that best meet the needs of the community whether there's a book whether there's a book on it or not uh, and we've got 15 outstanding volunteers who first heard of this idea uh, Thursday afternoon and we had the necessary approvals and whatnot in place uh, four hours later we had our ups our website uploaded in an online form ready to accept applications so you know that's a testament, I think, about not only our United Way, but United Ways around the world, how quickly they can react to meet local needs in the community uh, to make it a, continue to make it such a great place to live. Yeah. Well, and you, that word local comes up often with uh, the United Way of Sarnia Lampson. And um, it's good to have you back because it's been a while. So, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I thought it might be different circumstances you were here. But uh, it's good that you're here, nevertheless, for the for the reasons that uh, people are needing support and organizations. Um, let's talk local for a minute. You, you're very well known for saying that 100% of the dollars raised in Sarnia, United Way of Sarnia Lampton, stays right in Sarnia Lampton. In our community. There is 1% of our funding uh, that goes to the United Way of Canada, but we get services back for that 1%. Right. Uh, Get a lot of government research. I mean, they've been lobbying with the with the federal government to consider United Way as an investment for any kinds of disasters and for two on one, etc. Um, so now we're going to get you know a lot of that money back. We don't know how that nine million is going to funnel down and how much we'll get in Sarnia Lampton, but because yeah. of our membership with the United Way and because of our dues that go to the United Way of Canada, that gives us access to that. So although technically one percent does leave the community. We're getting more than that back in services. And yeah, I was say, it's like a fee for services. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what is the United Way? I mean, you talk about organizations, and the United Way is supporting organizations, but how does the United Way, like they, they the money's got to come from somewhere? How, how what is the United Way doing to keep themselves going financially? Well, and that's a tough question. I mean, right now we're we're, we're trying to solve. Uh, the problems of the day right now. Um, we know that we're going to have a very challenging campaign to come up in the fall. Yeah. And right now I'm usually doing presentations to groups, uh, getting them involved uh, in the United Way and getting ready to run a fall campaign. I'm usually meeting with labor leaders, industry leaders, small business, uh, and a number of organizations, just giving you know, the 10 or 15 minute presentation on the United Way, uh, what we're doing with last year's campaign money and, and what we're going to do with next year's campaign money. All of that is at a standstill. Um, you know, that's not getting done. There's people, people have got more important things, frankly, on their mind about, you know, how are they going to survive this week? How's the business yeah. survive this month? Uh, then to talk about United Way and United Way contributions. Having said that, we are, as I mentioned earlier, thrilled with the response we've had 
from our compassion fund. But getting back to your initial question, it's going to be a challenge. Fortunately, yeah. our United, our board of directors has been proactive. We've been looking at uh, cost cutting for the last couple of years, including our recent move in the office. Yeah. Uh, we've been under budget the last couple of years with our administration. So we've built up a small surplus. So fortunately, uh, we're not going into the campaign with any kind of a deficit. Um, we've always looked at money in equals money out. And as I said, that money that we've saved over the years through better investment decisions, through being under budget with our own campaign and min cost, gives us a little bit of a, a little bit of a rainy day fund. And, yep. and that, that rainy day is today. And unfortunately, it's going to be more than a day of rain. It's going to be months or yeah. earlier, maybe six months of rainy days. But at yeah. least that's something. And we're not in debt at this point. Um, we're, we're very, you know, we're stable. And that is outstanding news for those 18 agencies, 36 programs and services who do get funding from, from us uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, and like you say, the rainy day fund, so to speak, and we've talked about that uh many times here and you hope that rainy day never comes but that's why it's there and that's that's really kind of a good uh testimony testam testament if you will to uh the the philosophies of the united way and and their thinking and how they 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 put these things together and they take money and they and they invest to build um so they don't have to keep asking for money at some maybe at some point right or less money like it's all it seems to be a very good philosophy that united way has put together over the years absolutely we're very conservative with our with our finances we make sure that every dollar is well spent whether it goes to an agency or it goes for administration costs and and to that point we're able to self-fund that community um a compassion fund by eighteen thousand dollars on day one and that's just been adding to you know, hour by hour with community donations. And, and we're really excited that uh, that we know that over the next two or three days, there'll be other announcements uh, from uh, other businesses uh, about more contributions going to that fund. So uh, again, if I can put out a plug to any charitable organization or not-for-profit organization, if you're struggling uh, to meet the needs of, uh, of, of our community, helping your clients, please consider applying for this fund. It's available for you. And, and we want those who are most vulnerable in our community to get the help that they need. Yeah, that's fantastic, Dave. And uh, um, your team, I, I'm assuming, is still helping you, but from from home quarters as well? Absolutely. You may notice, I look at the corner of my eye, I'm watching my uh, my text messages there. And constantly, we're, we're always uh, keeping each other up to date. Uh, donors are calling, asking questions. The agencies are calling, asking questions. So uh, we're very much at the ready. And as I said, we're, we're very much linked to the office. The only difference is I get free coffee here than what I get. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad you're getting your free coffee. That's, that keeps you going through. I hear you, man. I'm with you all the way on that. Um, Dave, thank you so much for all your hard work and efforts and, and uh, kudos shout out to your team as well. Um, I'm going to move on, on here. Is there anything else you want to put out there before I move on to uh, Miles? Just it's always a pleasure to uh, to join you, David, uh, on the show. It's uh, it's a great community resource. And I thank you very much for, for keeping the community up to date on this and, and other, other community happenings. Very good. Dave, nice talking with you. Let's talk again soon. Uh, we can't get out in person and have our coffee, but maybe we can do a webinar when we take our coffee break and catch right. up on other stuff. I look forward to that. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. 
Dave Brown, uh, our friend from the United Way of Sarnia Lampton, doing some great things to uh, put out some support. And as he mentioned there, it's nice to see the response. You know, sometimes in these hard trying times, the donations drop and um, every organization is going through different obstacles right now. But nice to see the response. And we'll look forward to hearing more of the uh, the donations that he said are likely to come out uh, over the next few days. Do not hesitate if you are an organization that's suffering to meet the needs here in Sarnia Lambton, reach out to them at uh, theunitedway.on.ca and we'll post all those links after the program as well. All right. Uh, speaking of needing some support, uh, we haven't talked to him a little bit, but our friend Miles Vanny from the Inn of the Good Shepherd is going to join us here and uh, talk to us about the need that they are having. How did you go? Hey, Miles, how are you today? Very good, Dave. How are you? You're very good, as he says, with a deep breath of oh. <laughs> it, it, it is sure is interesting times. It's yes, uh, for sure some challenges and uh, an environment nobody ever imagined having to have to operate in. So honestly, how is that going? I mean, that that uh, typically an organization like yourself, you're always looking for volunteers and money and donations. How about now? Well, you know. To set the set the the stage, you know, the uh, on the 13th of March, the provincial government announced the closure of the schools for March break and two weeks after. Yeah, and that set the stage for us right then because within 24 hours, we had to uh, cancel our cyclone aid food drive. We had to cancel our construction uh, food event, and so in in just that 24 hours, we lost uh, 80,000 pounds of food. Uh, almost two months supply of food for us um, and associated fundraising and all that sort of stuff that uh, was in place, empty bowls and the funds raised from yeah. camp production. In the end, we were a quarter of a million down right away in, in lost food and, and donations. Mm. Uh, so that, that kind of uh, certainly perked, <laughs> perked us up and said, you know, we've, we've got to figure out this because while other agencies and businesses are, are closing to, for security and safety and helping make sure that that distancing takes place, uh, we don't have that ability to close. Uh, people still need a, a daily meal. People still need a, a food hamper. Uh, and even more so, we're anticipating, we've already seen a bit of a, an increase, but we're expecting more once the impact of the layoffs hit. So yeah. we're down in resources and yet our, our services are needed even more. Well, and I was going to say, you know, like probably um, people that don't normally use the service of the Inn of the Good Shepherd, at least food-wise, are probably, you're seeing a new demographic come into uh, what you would normally handle there, I would think. Absolutely. Within within a couple of days of, of the, the school announcement and other, you know, businesses saying, well, we're, we're laying off or re reducing staff, uh, we started getting people calling in and saying, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm a single mom or we're a one family, one income family and we've just lost that income. Yeah. Um, we haven't, we've seen an increase. I expect we'll see more once because anybody being laid off still has that last paycheck coming in. Uh, but once they get that last paycheck, I think that will hit home to people to say, yeah. now I don't, what I'm gonna, don't know what I'm going to do next. 
Yeah, well, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck, you know, in this world today. And it's uh, that, that question comes up a lot. How long could you survive? I mean, and many of us are all in different financial positions. Um, but um, yeah, I kind of expected you would see a bit of an overload coming your way. Uh, even the, the construction, a major uh, event that would have, would have happened, right, I'm assuming has, has been put off as well. And that's like... A month, we were, maybe a month and a half worth of food. Exactly. We were supposed to, the teams were moving in and we were supposed to build on Saturday. And yeah. and last Saturday was, was Cyclone Aid that didn't take take place. So, But we have had some some tremendous and generous community responses. This is such such a great community. You know, oh, yeah. we had um, uh, the London Road Shopping Plaza, a shopping center on, on Friday, did a drive-by or drive-through food drive and you could drop off. Uh, you know, uh, as you're driving through the parking lot at London Road Shopping Center. And, and we had some college students from the social services uh, class in uh, Atlanta College uh, do a, a drive-by uh, food drive and they picked up off of people's doorsteps. So between those two events uh, on the weekend, we raised probably about 12 to twelve to 14,000 pounds. We'll see once we get it into the building in Wade. It's out in a truck isolating right now. <laughs> right. And, uh, well, and, and you say twelve to 14,000 pounds, and that's that's a lot of food. But uh, for those that don't know, it's still not enough. And I've been trained well. They need 40,000 pounds of food at least. At least. In, in a normal circumstances, yeah. right? And that's the uh, size of a, an empty 20 by 40 pool. So... We exactly. probably need to fill more than that now. Yeah, exactly. So that's a, you know, so the donations coming in, a lot of people have been going online and making donations or sending in a check. So we've we've started doing purchases with grocery stores to help make sure that that supply of food comes in because we're, we're, we're still open as a food bank. We're just doing it a little differently. You know, they, people used to be able to come in and, and go shopping and uh, uh, pick up the choices of what they want out of the food bank. But of course, it's so uh, so paramount that we limit interaction with people to, to stop the spread of this virus. Um, so we've gone to a, a takeout uh, food box so they can come in the morning, get a, a box that's all pre-packed. They just come to the door. We hand it out the door so they don't have to come into the building and do that intermingling with people. Um, so people are still getting those food hampers and they can come every couple of weeks for one of those now. And uh, we got our hot meals going. What we're just doing is the takeout. So rather than coming in and, and sitting in the dining room um, and intermingling with people, uh, then uh, they can just come to the door. They're going to get uh, a hot meal in a takeout container, but they're going to get fed. They're going to look after that way. Right. Well, uh, adjusting times for sure. And, and uh, speaking of adjusting, how about the staff of the end of the Good Shepherd? Uh, uh, how is that? How have you had to adapt to, I guess, the working environment? Are there people working from home? Are there still people there? Obviously, there has to be somebody there. We, we, we have a couple of staff working from home. Um, a lot of our roles don't, you know, allow it's it's interacting. It's it's working with people. It's building food and handling food and that. So um, most of our staff are, are here um, and uh, just being deployed in some different ways. Uh, we've got uh, a lot more cleaning to do like everywhere yeah, right. <laughs> we have a screening process so somebody coming into the building goes through that, right. that process um but uh so it's it's just trying to do more uh with a couple of less staff uh we've got uh, a number of volunteers that the the meal teams have been great uh, they're still coming in preparing the meal uh and they're all volunteer teams uh but with smaller groups 
and we uh, we'll just you know rather than plating them to hand out uh, in the dining room, they just go into a takeout container. So the teams are still. Uh, we've only had a couple that have had to pull out for different reasons, um, but most of the teams are still coming in and preparing that meal or preparing it offsite, and they bring it in just to be okay. served in the takeout. So that kind of thing is is taking place. We have volunteers helping with uh, putting the food boxes together and just distributing those in the morning. So uh, still uh, lots of lots of hands that are needed. Yeah. What about the mental health side of things, uh, Miles, uh, between uh, those that are using the services and the staff there? Um, obviously, you have to try to stay in a very positive mindset um, to those who are coming in to the end of the Good Shepherd. How's that working? And I think that's 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 really important to keep in mind for because just by the very nature of poverty, it's very isolating. You don't yeah. have the resources to go out into the community to watch a movie, to do any of the kinds of normal interactions that families do. So uh, it's already created a loneliness uh, amongst people. And that's why we try to use the term physical distancing rather than social distancing. Yes. We still want people to have that connection, to call, to talk, to text, to email, whatever, so that uh, if they've got worries, if they've got stresses, they know there, there are people there. The the number one response I've got from from folks as I as we work with them to get them the food hampers and go to talk to them as they're you know waiting in the line um, is that just such an appreciation that our doors are still open and that they've not been abandoned because that was their their biggest fear you know other people their families have resources to get groceries and and buy up extra stocks of toilet paper or whatever but <laughs> yeah. they don't they don't have the ability to do that and they're their biggest fear is just being left behind. So they're, um, they're pretty emotional um, knowing that we're, we're there to, to be that support for them. Yeah, relieve some stress uh, mm -hmm. in what's happening. Uh, and um, do, do you think that, um, um, and this is probably just an opinion question, I, we're not leaving this anytime soon. This is gonna continue for some time? Yeah, I, I believe so. I. I I think we need to have, um, you know, listening to the medical experts, uh, you know, they talk about that 14 day isolation period as a way of trying to stop the spread. Uh, the more we hear, the more where it seems to be successful and where there's two or three of those two week isolation periods. So I could see this certainly stretching out to longer than, you know, the original thought when the schools were announced closed was they're back on April 6th. Uh, I think it's, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty sure that it's going to be another two weeks if not four weeks after that just just to make sure that that we've got that 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 uh, isolation period extended to make sure there's you know little little uh, interaction or uh, um, you know amongst people to stop that spread so we see this as as really being able to be a, a more of a longer term uh, thing um, and that's where we're trying to look uh, you know down the road okay uh, and particularly with supply chains you know what do we need? What have we got uh, some of now, but we know in, in a week or two weeks time, we're going to be low on so we can order and purchase that uh, purchase that food. Right. What happens if uh, the government and, and there's still talk about it? Uh, what if they shut down the country? How would that affect um, uh, the end of the Good Shepherd? Well, we're uh, it was made quite clear when when uh, when the province said in the state of emergency, uh, or declared a state of emergency and that only essential services were allowed to operate. It was made quite clear to the uh, to the food bank network. Somebody that, really wants your attention. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that it was made quite clear that food banks are considered an essential service. Yeah, because um, 
like a grocery store. You know, we're a grocery store to, to many of our population, and that's that's how they're going to get fed. Well, that's good to know. Uh, Miles, you're obviously busy there, and, and, and uh, you need to uh, do a lot of things around there. I appreciate the, the time you're giving to me here. Is there anything else you want to put out before I let you go? If I could, just quickly, a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Of, not, of course, not all our programs are running because, you know, uh, some are as essential as others. But so our Genesis Clothing program is, is closed for, for now. We have no volunteer sorting or anything. So I wanted to express appreciation. People are calling and saying, well, do you need clothes or things like that? And, uh, and we just say at this point, we just don't have the capacity when we're trying to focus on food. Um, yeah. And because we're not distributing any, we don't have the storage space for that. So at this point, uh, you know, thanks, but if you're able to hold on to it or share it with another thrift store that, uh, you know, can make good use of it, that would be great. But we do have two programs that we are continuing on. Um, one is our, our snack pack program, which we usually do in the summer. We have brought that back into place now because we, um, we recognize with school being out and those student nutrition programs not being in place, kids are missing some of that essential nutrition right, right. That relied on at school. So every morning uh, with the food bank hours, uh, families can come and get a snack pack for their children so that they've got, um, you know, 14 snacks, two a day, fresh fruit, dairy products to help help fill that gap. The other program that we, we, um, we made a point of continuing was our income tax program. And some, oh, yes. people, some people kind of wondered about that. And, and it's a program actually that uh, you had Dave on before me, the United Way is, is supporting us on, um, is, uh, uh, is that if we can do somebody's taxes with a carbon tax refund now, um, every household gets anywhere from two to five or $600. And yeah. people need that money now. And so we're you're continuing to do taxes so that they can get that refund. As soon as we e-file it, they get it within 10 days. That may mean that will give them the dollars so that maybe they don't have to come to the food bank for a couple of weeks or where they can stay up yeah. on hydro bill or such. So um, if people, uh, low-income folks, uh, that we're, uh, uh, let them know we're, we're still doing taxes so they can come in, drop off their information or mail their information to us, we'll process their uh, income taxes to make sure they get that, uh, that important money. Because for some, it's gonna bridge them between their last paycheck and when the EI kicks in. For sure, and and we've talked about that before. It's, I'm I'm glad to hear. I was going to ask you about that 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 program because the cost of doing your taxes sometimes uh, can save some of the households out there, right? Exactly, absolutely. So this is kind of uh, one of those programs that when we really looked at it, thought this is going to help some families to kind of bridge those gaps uh, until thing other helps are there. Um, so we want them to know we're still doing taxes. Well, that's fantastic news. And uh, Miles, thanks to you and your team that is there and those that are working from home to uh, keep this uh, much needed facility of the Inn of the Good Shepherd uh, supporting our community out there. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for joining us again as well. Take care, Miles. Be safe. Thank you. Miles Vanny from the Unit of the Good Shepherd uh, joining us here. Thanks to Miles for being here. And th again, I meant that thanks to the team. Um, you know, sometimes there are services in our community that maybe we don't normally use. Um, and maybe now all of a sudden, wow, there's a wake-up call going on. And uh, maybe you never thought you would use those services. So uh, check them out online. As I was showing you there, the in sarnia.ca. Uh, they're also on Facebook, or you can reach out to them directly. There's Miles uh, Vanny's uh, email and, and a phone number that you can reach out as well. And if you can, as he said, give some support to the inn. They're uh, still uh, 
taking donations of food and money, right? Uh, the clothes put on hold for now. So again, if you want to find out more, reach out to them directly. Well, I want to say thanks to all of you and thanks to all of you for yelling at me to turn my microphone on when I didn't in the beginning, but I want to say thanks to all of you for being here and joining me. Um, still here and I will be, uh, I've been going live a lot more, uh, more daily as well. And as things progress here in the community, as I get the news, I'll be happy to share that with you directly. So please keep following along here. Um, if there's something you want to see, because here's the thing, I normally come on here and talk about events that are coming up and well, that's kind of changed, hasn't it? So if there's something happening in the community or somebody's doing something or an event online that is occurring that you want to be shared, reach out to me. I'm happy to put you on here and talk about it. And uh, let's all try to support each other and keep our minds in a positive state of mind. And uh, another reminder before I go as well, don't forget the Friday Night Music Fever will happen here on the Show with David Burroughs Facebook page, along with our friends at K106.3. You can watch it there as well. I'll have the announcements of who's going to be joining us for the acoustic music sessions, the Friday Night Music Fever, this April 3rd at 8 p.m. Well, thanks again, everybody, for joining me. That's all the time I got for you this week. Have a great week and an even better weekend. I will see you next time right here on the show. Bye for now. <laughs>